Samuel, can you believe it? This is A, our season finale yeah. for season two. Yeah. And we have now done 26 Six. episodes. Wow. That's amazing. 26 total podcasts in two years, under two years. Uh, oh, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, that's amazing. And we have, for our last one, as we continue the tradition, uh, two amazing mm-hmm. people that, um, one, serves as a campus pastor mm-hmm. at Ada Bible Church. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jason, everyone's going to be able to get to meet Jason and Megan Ross, and Jason is one of my favorite people on staff. I just love Jason. He's so well. You'll you'll get it. <laughs> He's fun and just full of life. And uh, we had a great interview with them, talking about a lot of important things that we really haven't touched on before. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be really helpful to some of our listeners. Uh, so what were your, any other additional thoughts? No, I'm just excited to hear their voices and again, to touch on those topics that we'll probably talk a little bit more about in season three. Yes. Yeah. So hey, here's our finale. Let's do it. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Together. We are excited again to have you here for your listening pleasure. Again, this is my my name is Samuel Jones, and I have Dr. Kelly Bonniewell here with me, and we have two amazing guests, Kelly. Very, very amazing guests, <laughs> Jason and Megan Ross. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I cannot wait to have them share their story. Talk about two individuals uh, who love each other, who I have first time Kelly, just me getting a chance to meet Megan today. This is amazing. You know, me and hear Megan share her story and all the things. And of course, I've gotten a chance to know Jason and Jason will tell all the things. But uh, man, it's amazing to have people in your life that can really speak to your life can re- you can resonate with and just, you know, share, share life and stories. And, and Jason's one of those guys for me. Um, and he's also happens to be a pastor here. What? A campus pastor at a Bible church. East they let Paris Jason campus. be a pastor? <laughs> I know it can be shocking. <laughs> Jason and Megan, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Megan, maybe if you want to go first. Okay. Well, I am Jason's wife, Megan. Uh, I homeschool our three children. I um, have a lot of different interests that I like to do. I have a YouTube channel just oh, for fun. Wow. Wow. She's, I, she's a superstar. <laughs> I like all things organizing, planning, um, really big nerd. <laughs> nice. Megan, you I know like. what? That's that, I'm just remembering this. I think it was about two months ago. I don't even know how I found it. I watched your YouTube channel. Oh, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, it was awesome. <laughs> you know what the topic was? It was what on was it? budgeting. Oh, yes. I do love budgeting yeah, as I well. know. Nice. And I love budgeting, too, and finances. So, wow, that's nice. awesome that you've been doing that. It was great watching it. Well, thank you. Yeah, she's absolutely fantastic at the budgeting, at the organizing. Those are things that I am not at good at. And, of course, I just 
follow instructions. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, so you're a uh, YouTube mega star. Um, you have Hardly. a million subscribers. <laughs> you know, you have one thousand. You know, hundred thousand views. So, other than that, <laughs> so Megan, are you from the area? Or? I am actually okay. from the area, north of Grand Rapids. Okay. Out in the country. Out in the country. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then you decided that you wanted to have kids with this guy. Is is that the case? Yeah. I did. Yes. <laughs> I know. Unbelievable. I know. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. How many kids do you all have? We have three. Okay. We have a almost 15-year-old, a almost 13-year-old, wow. and a 10-year-old. Wow. We will pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Get the teenage kids coming. That's that's amazing. That's a different age and pivotal age at that. Uh, so far we have I don't want to like jinx it, but we have good teenagers so oh, far. We do. So we do. That's great. great. That's awesome. Awesome. Jason, how about yourself? Yes. Uh, as mentioned, Jason, I am a campus pastor of the East Paris campus uh, here at Ada Bible Church. Um Born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. Yes. I miss my South so much. But of course, people ask me all the time, well, how'd you get up north? I was like, chasing a girl. Mm-hmm. And I got her. This girl. <laughs> yes. Not another girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely you, baby. Definitely you. That's what we're talking about now. <laughs> so yeah, I just uh, grew up, just a single parent home. My dad was definitely in the picture, but my mom really carried the weight of uh, raising two boys. I'm the uh, youngest of, uh, of two of us and um, just grew up playing sports, loved baseball, loved, loved baseball, mm. and then jumped into football my freshman year in high school. And um, that's wild. That's football got me to uh, college uh, at uh, Carson Newman College at the time. It's Carson Newman University. And mm-hmm. that's actually where me and Megan met. Whoa, mm-hmm. can't wait to get to that yeah, story. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, so uh, ministry is a second career for me. I have a um, Degree in management or an emphasis in marketing, and mm-hmm. and I uh, was in the uh, finance uh, industry for a little bit, but uh, God opened up a door to get into ministry, and I finally said yes to it. Mm. That's cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. What was your favorite baseball team growing up? That's funny you ask. My favorite baseball team growing up was the Atlanta Braves. Oh, the I'm Braves. not surprised. <laughs> Hank. Aaron, the, yes, the, yes, the great, yes. My favorite player back in the day was uh, David Justice. David oh, I Justice. remember David oh, yeah. Justice. Mm-hmm. And now the Braves are going to the World Series this yes. year. Yes, are uh, you still a Braves fan? Uh, you know what? He's I a keep, Tigers fan. Now. I'm a Tigers oh, fan now. Oh, yes, the wife is right. But I, <laughs> so it's, it's something. It's fun to look back and you know be excited about the uh, the Atlanta Braves playing well. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, that's great. Now you also you said you played football at Carson yes. Newman, right? And that's something that me and you shared. We yes. played football in college, even though you know you have a little bit of age on me. So I didn't, you know, we didn't I necessarily, you know, find that moment where we connected. Yes. You know, because yes. that was Division Two as well, right? You're exactly right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, you played. No, never mind. You were. No, I was little. You, you, you were younger. Little never mind. Younger. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a parting shot right, <laughs> right. there. Um, so, y'all, we want to get into this. Um, you know, marriage. This is a podcast. This is about marriage, and it's an exciting, you know, uh, opportunity to impart and share and encourage many of the couples that listen to this podcast. They may be hearing you for the very first time. And so they may not know, you know, what your love story is other than knowing that, hey, Jason and Megan, yeah, I know about them. But if you could just take a second and just tell a little bit about how you all got together. And we know you met in college, but tell us more about that, how that ended up happening. 
Yeah, I'll go first. Um, and school-wise, I was a year older the, than Megan, though there's only six months in between us in actual age. So I'm the same age in the sense of her older cousin. Uh, and we came into Carson at the same time, knew her her freshman year uh, or our freshman year. But, um, you know, of course, knowing each other, not really good friends. And then going into our sophomore year, Megan comes on the scene. And I remember the first time, uh, seeing Megan, she was actually talking to one of our friends, uh, one of my friends. And I was like, oh, wow, she's cute. But again, talking to one of my friends, so it was no big deal. Uh, but they eventually broke up. And I remember the latter part of Megan's freshman year, my sophomore year, I remember watching Megan play beach volleyball. I was like, wow, she's athletic. <laughs> you know. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do my best to get to know her. And then, of course, Got the connection between, oh, your older cousin, got you, okay. And then later later on that, um, near the end of the uh, the school year, I just made the comment to us, like, hey, we should keep in touch. And that was the beginning. <laughs> what a line. We should keep and I was in totally touch. clueless. I thought he was interested in my cousin. I was like, oh, he's nice. Mm. He's coming to hang out and study or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Ulterior motives. Well, I tell you, back in the day, I had that game. We did start out as friends, though. Absolutely. We really were just friends. Talked a lot over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I went back to Michigan and he was in Tennessee. Um, Carson Newman is in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of our dating relationship actually apart Mm -hmm. when we weren't at school. So um, we just started out as friends and just, um, you know, before cell phones. So we just (laughs) called each other. Called each other over the summer when we weren't working and such. So, and I believe it was a latter part of the summer. I made a comment about um, what do you think about us dating or something like that. And of course, I think again, I think it, th- it caught, caught you off guard. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, yeah, I just I'd love to uh, to start dating. And of course, that decision was made um, when we came back to school, my junior year, your sophomore year, mm-hmm. for us to officially start dating. Mm-hmm. So, yes. From there, it gets a little rocky. Yeah. Do you want to hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah this oh, no. Let's hear the rocky. Yeah. So what happens next? Megan, tell us the true story. Okay. Um, we actually had a very tumultuous dating relationship. Um, we fought way more dating than we ever have married. Hmm. And there were, there were a couple different factors um, involved in that. But he broke up with me. I say four times. And it he was three. says three. It was three. It was just three. And I, he has a very forgiving wife. Amen. I took him back every time. Amen. Um, which actually, I don't. When I counsel girls, I'm like, don't. That was not a good example. To mm. don't, don't do what I did. But um, worked out for me. But it doesn't usually work out that way. So um, there were just a lot of factors. We were. I was far from home. Um, I don't think we realized it at the time, but we both had very, very different examples of marriage. Mm. So my my parents have been married 40 plus years at this point. I had a wonderful example of marriage. Um, his parents were not together and his dad has been married a lot of times. And so we just, I don't think we realized it, but we came at thinking about marriage very, very differently. I probably put a lot of pressure on him that he was not ready for. And he was sort of in denial that he had any issues with marriage. So, <laughs> so those two things don't really go very well there's, there's together. There's one story, one story I'd like to share. Um, I think this was the second time we broke up. 
I think it was the second time. Um, so that means it's the third time. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting on a bench uh, at night uh, having an argument, uh, and then uh, Megan says to me, says, Jason, I think, um, I think you have uh, commitment issues. And I was like, what? And she says, I'm, I'm afraid of you choosing your friends over me mm. if we got married. And that made me mad. I stood up, looked at her, and then walked away. And then broke up with her. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that just did not sit well with me mm-hmm. hearing that from her. But now looking back and even even before we decided to get back together, uh, looking back, uh, she was right. She was right. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was two years old. Uh, what marriage or commitment looked like to me was totally different. I guess I didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, seeing her, you know, seeing her parents and seeing the, the longevity they had—that is something I just did not see in my life on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And he also, there, I mean, there was some immaturity on both of our parts, obviously. But he would—I um, felt very expendable because he would, if something more fun came along with his friends, he would break our plans and go hang out with his friends. Mm. And so that was always a huge bone of contention in our dating relationship and quite honestly when we first got married um we moved to michigan we moved away from friends and came back to michigan and that was probably honestly the best thing that we could do because i think we we, Mm. we would have had a very rough newlywed season i Mm -hmm. think had we stayed in tennessee so definitely 100 Mm -hmm. percent So it's not a fabulous love story. <laughs> no, but I think it's a, but well, I think it's a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what, what was the – however, there had to be a moment where both of you locked in and it became a good love story. So when did that happen? How did it happen where you're like, okay, I really do want to be with this man or I really do want to be with this woman? And then, therefore, you jumped in and you made the commitment. Yeah, after we um, we graduated college in uh, December of '02, and uh, it took me four months to get a job. Uh, of course, Megan was working right away. Uh, in that four months, uh, I got depressed, and that ends up being, I say, the third time we broke up. She'll say the fourth time, but the last time we broke up was in that season where I was just at a place where I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine uh, providing, taking care of her, and I couldn't provide and take care of myself. But uh, April of uh, 02, got my very first job um, and worked that job for about six weeks. I was able to transition from that job to another a, a job. And that was pretty much my first real job. I worked at uh, City Financial. Mm. Uh, and I went from uh, working at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee to City Financial. And my um, my paycheck doubled. So I there was a pride that grew mm. in me. Um, mm. And through that whole time, obviously, uh, knowing the Lord, and, and there was a, a deep maturity that was happening. And uh, I remember getting that job and waiting a few months and then contacting Megan. How um, What was moving through me during that season of the job and then feeling being, feeling more confident in myself and confident as a man uh, was simply, I can't imagine living life without Megan. Mm. So that caused me to uh, to contact her. Jason, yeah. let's talk about that. And yeah. Megan, I want you to think about it on the flip side. What about Megan? Was What aspects did she bring to the table that you were kind of like, yeah, I want to be with her? Yeah. I'm an extreme extrovert. Love all the attention. Love <laughs> just playing and doing all that stuff. My wife is, I wouldn't say an extreme introvert, but she's she's an introvert. There are things that she's good at 
that I'm not good at, mm-hmm. that I wanted that in my life. There were things she was she was cool, she was calm, she was collected, she was able to um She's a visionary. She's a dreamer. All these things that just just not me and just seeing that in her and just loving the way she loved her family. And obviously we had been dating on and off for four years, loving the way she loved me. I just I wanted that in my life. That's awesome. Megan, when he reached out, then what was those aspects in Jason that you were like, okay, I do want to be with him. I'm going to give him another chance. (laughs) Well, we did always have a very deep connection. We had a deep friendship. And um, so it was very painful when we broke up all of those times. And I think the last time that we broke up, we had always before we had sort of dabbled with communication and you know we were broken broken up but we would hang out once in a while mm-hmm. but the last time that we broke up was um we had no communication whatsoever um and so i honestly think it was the lord who i just really listened to the lord and i always felt a pull towards jason and I that's the only way I can explain it is that the Lord was telling me that it was okay to say yes one more time. Mm-hmm. And really, um, Jason is fun. He brings a lot Aye. of fun. Jason is fun. He, very, I, very much so. I mean, we joke, yeah. but like he's the cool parent and I am the uncool parent <laughs> and totally good with that. But he's a lot of fun. He's very, very easy to be married to. Um, one of the things I love the most, he's very uh, quick to forgive, mm. very quick. So it's just he's easy um, to be in a relationship with, to be married to. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. I think there's – and this this is a powerful um, example of, of perseverance too in marriage that I hear in your story, you know, mm. and even just going through your dating relationship. You know, I think that there's those pieces of also distinct differences that I hear. You said extrovert Jason versus introvert Megan and you talked about, oh yeah, I'm the I'm the fun parent, but also I'm more discerning parent or whatever that may be. Um in regards to your how your personality flows and your behavior flows. You know, someone looking on the outside outside in at your marriage may be like, man, there's a lot of other differences happening here. You know, what are some of those differences that make you two unique? in regards to your marital relationship that maybe other people just will see on a surface level, but also maybe want to know more about you on an intricate level? Um, I would say one of the best compliments we ever got at a restaurant one time, which I don't think the waitress meant it as a compliment, but we were like laughing and joking at dinner and we like high-fived or something. And then she made the comment like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that you guys were married because you were having so much fun and you just looked like friends. Oh boy. And so we were just like, oh, thanks. That's a great compliment, you know? Um, But I think we do truly enjoy one another's company. Mm -hmm. And... What you see is what you get. We're really no different. You know, we're the same at home as we are in other areas. Um, So we just really, we enjoy being married to one another. And sadly, I think uh, that might be a little bit unique, which is sad to me, that we truly enjoy one another's company. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Megan is by far my favorite person. Uh, I would not choose to hang out with anybody else besides her. She's, She's that number one for me. And um, just I love making her laugh. 
listening to her laugh. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm a pest at heart, so I, she's my favorite person to pester. <laughs> I just, I just, I just love this woman. And just, um, just, uh, I have the opportunity to live life with her. It just makes, you know, to her point, it's, it's easy being married to Megan. So, well, the thing yeah. that, you know, even though this is my first time meeting Megan, uh, just, you know, getting to know you, Jason, and just sitting here at the table, it's obvious that you guys are opposites. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so beautiful mm-hmm. that you guys are able to marry those together, even though you're very different from one another. And then also in terms of parenting and other issues in your life, you know, just complementing one another. Definitely. She, uh, Megan made the comment about uh, me being the fun parent. When it comes to being the fun parent, it's, I'm the entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, daddy comes home, all the kids are like, hey, daddy, what are we going to do? And of course, as the kids were younger, uh, Megan was really excited for daddy to come home too. Get these kids away from me, mm-hmm. you know? So, because yeah. she wanted to have some time to herself. But I just love doing that because uh, I just love entertaining, playing with the kids. But here's the thing the structure, and the mm. the cooking mm. and the mm-hmm. the making sure everybody's healthy that comes on Megan's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So when she goes away, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, you know, we we it takes us probably about a day, and then we're like, okay, we're ready for Mama to come home. There's an excitement where I would say to my kids, "Hey, Mama's gone. That means we can do what we want." And of course, kids go crazy. But after the first day, we're like, okay, we're it's ready not for fun anymore. Is it? You know, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's good. And, and, and the one thing I love about you all, too, is you you started off talking about, too, just your your challenging love story, right, of being of dating and finding a place where you would get married. Um, but we also know that the challenges don't just stop <laughs> when you when you start getting when you start after that wedding, in a sense. Right. And, and in that moment. After you're married for maybe two years, five years, ten years, how many ever, however long, um, there's those moments where you know you hit a challenge. Where it's like, okay, God, we know we're going to need you through that. What was what was that for you too? What was that challenging? Maybe a story or a moment where you just knew you needed God to get through that situation. We really have not had a ton of you know super challenging either. That or our memories are. Short. We just don't remember (laughs) a lot of that stuff. Um, But Jason's mom came to live with us. um, Back in 09? Yeah, I can't remember the year, but Mm -hmm. she came to live with us, um, which could have been a disaster. You know, when your mother in law moves in with you, that could potentially be a disaster. But uh, we built her a little apartment off the back of our garage like an in-law suite Mm. and it was quite challenging you know because then all of a sudden she was um physically handicapped so then all of a sudden the care you know i had young children and it was not up to me it was up to both of us Mm -hmm. jason did a lot of care for his for his mom um but just trying to manage her schedule with young children, checking in on her, getting her to her doctor's appointments, doing her grocery shopping, um, all of that could have been, like looking back, that could have been a very detrimental thing to mm-hmm. our marriage. Mm-hmm. But we really did it out of the, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> we miss some. Um, miss his mom a lot she passed yeah. away yeah she passed away in uh 2015 
And yeah. I grew up as a mama's boy. I love that woman to death. And there was no guarantees. You go off, you you get married, um, and you think to yourself, you probably have to take care of your parents. But what that looks like, mm-hmm. um, um, my mom, my of course, my wife's uh, mother-in-law moving in, to mm-hmm. her point, could have been very, very difficult. But uh, uh, Megan handled that well. She handled it well. She She loved my mom as she was her mom. And um, mm-hmm. the relationship that we had with her, the relationship she had with our uh, with our kids as well, um, it was really, really, really good. But at the same time, it was difficult. You know, mm-hmm. her being um, physically uh, disabled, and there were times where you know you get a you get a phone call at the middle in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and my, um, say, "Hey, baby, I've fallen. Can you come help me up?" Uh, just th- different things like that. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. It was I difficult. Die. But um, mm-hmm. there was something about how Megan handled that season that made it so much easier because mm-hmm. if she was at a place where she didn't like my mom or she wouldn't have been so gracious towards her, it would have been much, much difficult, more difficult. And how long did she live with you guys, Jason? Yeah, that's a good question. For five years. It was, wow, it was long from, time. Yeah, it was from 09 to the latter part of 2014, and then we made a decision to move her back to uh, Tennessee because of better, better, better weather, excuse me. Um, but then it was probably in June of uh, 2015, mm-hmm. she says to me, no, it was April 2015, she says, uh, I want to live with you. I want to move back with you. Mm-hmm. So we moved her back up to Michigan, and uh, she eventually died in September. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So in a way it was also a blessing for you guys and your kids oh, that you could have that time with her mm-hmm. for those years and create that bond. Absolutely. It was it was the main reason yeah. that um you know that I would swallow my annoyance or mm-hmm. you know and Jason too. You know when you mm-hmm. have when your roles reverse with your parents and you're then the caretaker, it's mm. difficult to navigate that. But we wanted our kids to know your mom. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge blessing mm. that they got to know her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's such a beautiful that's, that's story. Powerful. That's powerful. I think in that, too, and I'm going to just ask a follow-up question. When you have um, parents that, you know, you both, again, have distinct experiences with your parents you know both different um your upbringings different your cultures different like when you have a parent come that maybe the kids haven't spent all that much time with how do you navigate or how do you kind of work through you know making sure that those experiences and those cultural lessons and things are taught and and passed down to your to your kids and to in that that case her grandkids Mm -hmm. how did that kind of just make a way in that time that she spent um, where you were while you were all living together. Well, it's it's of course they've my, our kids have met my mom prior to her moving in, so they knew who she was. Um, but their their excitement about their G mama, as my mom went by, mm-hmm. their excitement was this woman is daddy's mom. Mm-hmm. So they were just so excited to get to know her, to get to know you know they asked they asked her questions about how daddy grew up. Was he's a was he a knucklehead? Stuff like that. <laughs> it's just so fun. To, to watch my mom interact with her baby's babies. Mm. So it was just so mm. amazing. I love the, so I, you know, I long to, to be grandparents as well because I thought my mom, 
modeled being a grandparent well. I think of Megan's parents, they model being a grandparents well. So I longed for us to do that. But as far as the culture was uh, concerned, it was important. I mean, uh, me being a black man, my obviously my mom being uh, being black as well. There, there are things that my mom brought to the table that um, that uh, that our kids couldn't get from Megan's parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, and there were there were ways that my mom said things. There were ways that my mom interacted with them that was just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it taught my mom taught them a ton about um, the you know. Her culture, our culture, mm-hmm. uh, during the, during that season of life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I, and again, follow up question to that yeah. is like, how do your kids navigate being, you know, hey, this is my dad's experience, this is my mom's experience, you know, how do you all continually teach and train them um, in that realm of just, hey, you are multicultural mm-hmm. as a child, mm-hmm. you know, how do those kind of lessons play into you know your children? It's interesting, I think, because you know you're. Our girls kind of model more after myself, and then our boy models more after Jason. And so um, the girls right now, I think, would consider themselves more white culturally than – and I think Jericho would consider himself more black culturally, but I think that's just like a gender thing, you Uh know, with uh their same-sex parent or whatever. Um, But – we don't talk about it a ton at home. It's not really, you know, we do have issues that come up once in a while, but it's not like we put a lot of emphasis on it. We've always just said you're incredibly lucky to be both. Mm. Not a lot of people get to be both. And so um, we've just always had really open discussions. They can ask us anything they want to. You know, they've had some ugly instances at school or or even with family members we've Mm. from both sides we've had family members um say hurtful things or you know but it's just really it's just not really an issue in our house because we don't talk a lot about race at our house actually Mm. we just talk about being a good person we talk about god a lot we talk about family a lot sure 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 so Well, we went through a season as well. Uh, I think of um, making sure our kids understood that they're never the victim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you you remember? I I love the way how you talk about that. You talk a little bit about that, babe. Um, We just don't take offense where offense is not meant. Sure. You know, so there's a difference between somebody saying something and their meaning to hurt you. And then there's a difference between somebody saying something in ignorance that does hurt your feelings, but they didn't mean to, Mm. Um, you know, just not talking about race, but in anything. Mm -hmm. And so we just talk a lot about, yeah, not being the victim and you're in control of your own emotions and Mm -hmm. your own, you know, your feelings can only be hurt if you let someone hurt your feelings. So yeah. And that last comment was something that my mom taught me uh, because I was a person that was pretty emotional growing up. And she always say, baby, why are you crying? They make me so mad. (laughs) She says, you know, they make you mad because you allow it. Mm-hmm. If you do not allow it, mm-hmm. they cannot have that control over you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And and I think that's an important part. I think about my, my wife and I, you know, even being the same racially, we still yet bring different cultural experiences Absolutely. and lessons mm-hmm. and family backgrounds. She's from the east side of the state. Mm-hmm. I'm from the west. 
that's a big difference in Michigan. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> a right. big difference. Kelly, you know that. And so, like, in those experiences of our spouses, it's so important to talk about, you know, at least in our marriage, you know, things that we learn, things that we understand, things that we see differently in perspective. And then in some way, shape, or form, how we create those mm-hmm. environments for our children can begin to really be important places about what we put emphasis on, you know, and what we're going to share and what we're going to teach, you know, in those in those lessons. For our kids. So I want to go back to some marriage talk. Yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing what yeah. you guys shared because that was really amazing, those stories. Uh, earlier, you said in your dating years, there was a lot of conflict, right? A lot of arguing, breaking up. Obviously, some of that was just early 20s immaturity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then you said, well, for the most part, our marriage has been really kind of smooth sailing in comparison to that. Why? Like, what are what are what's one or two key thing that you guys are purposeful? I love using that word because love is a willed action, right? It's not a feeling, mm-hmm. and so with that, we have to be purposeful in our love. So, what what are some of those key things that you guys could share with our listeners to say? If you do this, which what we did, then things are going to maybe go a little bit smoother for you. Well, I would say, first and foremost, we have matured in the Lord. And we are very firm believers. You know, marriage is a covenant with the Lord and with each other. And so we don't take for granted. Like, I feel like if I wrong my husband, then I am sinning against God. You know, like, so um, we take that very seriously, but also we uh, have gotten a lot better at communication (laughs) as we've gotten older. I would say that's probably the one thing that we're the most diligent about is really not letting the sun go down on our anger, talking things through. Um, He he makes it easy because he's very quick to forgive. I'm a little slower to forget, <laughs> if we're honest. Um, so that, and then uh, we try super hard not to um, let our marriage just be about our children. Mm. So we're not yeah. fantastic about like date night and stuff. We never have been fantastic about that. I don't think either one of us cares enough about it to make mm-hmm. it a priority. <laughs> but at the same time, we're intentional about it. We know that, okay. We're intentional yeah. about time together, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we're not intentional about date night right. together. Right. Um, but we are very intentional about um, not making our marriage just about our children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the communication piece is uh, key too here because I have to trust that she wants the best for me. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust that what she speaks to me, it is truthful. It is how she uh, she feels. At the same time, when I speak to her, I have to be trustworthy and I have to make sure I'm speaking the truth on how I feel. And going into the conversations, it could be something that is just a typical conversation or this is a conversation, it's a little heated. Um, we've got to make sure that what I bring to the table is who I am and how I'm feeling. So. And there's no game playing. We don't play no games. games. No games. No, like, I don't try to manipulate him into, like, thinking or feeling a certain way or, you know, 
He's not like passive aggressive trying to get me to do like there's no we just communicate what we need and what we think and then that's it. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of transparency mm-hmm. <laughs> in your marriage. And I know Jason, you know, before we start this podcast, you talked about, you know, the key of transparency and just how important that is in regards to how you all have learned how to communicate. Is there any more there that, you know, even for our listeners that you want to just talk about in regards to how important transparency and communication is in marriage? Yeah. yeah. It's just believing that your your spouse is your biggest fan and they want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important for that. And and vice versa, you had to make sure that you want the best for them. I mean, this is this is a commitment to ourselves. This is a commitment to the Lord. We take marriage very, very seriously. And the to make sure this is a sound marriage, it takes work. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes work. Yeah. And if we do this right, this is just it gives us just a glimpse of how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. It's as I look into my wife's eyes and knowing that she loves me despite my scars, mm-hmm. despite the sins I've committed, she loves me dearly. And there's something that is empowering in that relationship. And again, that just gives us just a glimpse of how much God loves us. So I I think I've said this a couple of times. I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, just talking about transparency, too. We we want the best. Like, we want each other to be the best yeah. that we can be. Yeah. You know, like, I want him to thrive in his ministry. I want him to be the best that he can be. Um, but when you want the best for someone, you have to tell them the truth, mm, you know. Yeah, and so we're very transparent with each other, and we've worked really hard to not get offended when one of us is like telling each other something that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that constructive criticism, we'll call it. Um, But it's that, it's that piece that, you know, I know that he has my best interests at heart. And so if he's telling me something, then it's probably a truth, you know, and I need to do a little soul searching and I need to, you know, and same thing with him, you know, it's not a criticism. It's a trying to make you a better person and, help you yeah it's uh it's humbling getting checked you know mm-hmm. but at the same time it's coming from someone who who loves you and wants the best for you there have been many times where if um megan's correcting something in my behavior and i look at her and i smile and i may say sounds like this is the jason problem she's like yep this is the jason problem or vice versa it could be a megan problem those are words that we use a lot but at the same time again it's humbling but knowing that the person wants the best for you it's easy to step into that mm. i really like that we haven't talked about that dynamic mm-hmm. uh there's a verse which we all know iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh when iron sharpens iron there's friction, friction. <laughs> uh there's pain mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. and again if if you're a follower of Jesus, yeah. uh, a key aspect of being in a relationship, especially with your spouse, is mutual accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a finished product. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie is not a finished product. Mm-hmm. And we have to gently but firmly in our lives kind of sometimes nudge our spouse to say, mm, I think there's a growth opportunity here or or vice versa towards me. And that's a normal aspect of marriage and it also though comes with conflict mm-hmm. and navigating conflict is probably the number one thing couples don't get right any any uh like tricks of the trade in terms of uh and Samuel you share too like how do you navigate conflict i'll give you one i'll give you one for me okay 
this is something Julie and I sometimes say, not always, we're going to have to agreeably disagree. Okay? Sometimes I don't, you don't always have to agree with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's important in terms of transparency and honesty to say that versus saying, okay, honey, yeah, you're right. And yet, because then if you do that, what will be underneath that is a lot of anger that's eventually going to come out. Mm -hmm. So that's one of ours. Do you guys have any? Like to get through that conflict? Because conflict ain't easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you some, you know, give you all more time to think too. For me and my wife, humility. Mm-hmm. Humility is key. When we are uh, not at each other's throats, but when we are in a moment where there's a lot of heat, we all know that how we're going to approach something has to be done with a spirit uh, of a humility. Because in that humility, it says, you know what? I have a point of view. I believe it's right. I believe this thing that I'm getting ready to say is right. But in this moment of empathy and a moment of honesty, I'm going to humble myself and maybe even hold my peace at times. So that way my wife and or I can have that opportunity to share, you know, what we believe or what we're thinking. That's one thing that me and Tova do. Yeah. Yeah. What comes to mind is uh, listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One hundred percent. And listening to a place where not that you're eagerly waiting to then speak your mind. Mm -hmm. It's just a listening. And uh, there's something our pastor says uh, a lot is uh, help me see what you see. Mm -hmm. Um, So literally asking Megan, okay, what what you got going on? What do you see in this? And then listening and allowing me to put myself in her shoes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think, too, we decided a long time ago to not be easily offended, Mm -hmm. like in life, but in marriage as well, to not be easily offended. And so if I know that he is not trying to hurt my feelings Mm. or not trying to offend me, it's a little easier to just be like, okay, this was like, you know, a lapse in judgment or I just didn't think about it before I did it or, you know, it's a lot easier to take if you're not constantly super easily offended. Yeah. That's so good. Megan, it's almost like you've been reading my playbook for therapy. I, I literally, <laughs> listen, this is something I literally say to all my couples. When we first start counseling, I say, hey, this is what I want you to repeat after me. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to harm you. I just want you to understand. I, want you, I literally use that line. And you just, so, I just learned a listen. long time ago that life's a lot more fun if you're not easily offended. <laughs> it works. It's just, you know? That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. With that being said, you know, there are a lot of young couples and maybe couples who are very mature in their marriage just listening. What is that one thing that you want to just leave with our couples who are tuning into together? I would say to leave your expectations at the door. Mm. Especially for women, if you have a lot of expectations, if you're expecting your marriage to be like your best friends, or you're expecting your marriage to be like a famous couple on TV that you see, um, you're going to be disappointed every single time. So just curb your expectations, accept your marriage for what it is, and just you know try to build and work on it from there and work with what you have instead of all of these expectations and feelings and putting things upon your spouse that they can't or were never meant to be. Yeah, and for me, it would be continue to work at it. Uh, this is this is a relationship that's going to be a lifelong relationship. Uh, you're going to grow old together. You're going to change together. Mm-hmm. Um, continue to work at it because uh, there is no 
besides your relationship with our, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is no other uh, relationship that is more fulfilling uh, than your your relationship with your spouse. So, um, marry your best friend. That's good. That's good. Well, I want to say number one, thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. you two being transparent, honest, real about your conversations, about your marriage, about your kids, all of those things. Because each and every one of our listeners, I feel, are impacted by the guests that we bring on. And, you know, to bring on another campus pastor and his wife, you know, um, our second season in a row in doing this, right, Kelly? Yeah, um, we're going to go four for four, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. So, you know, it's just awesome to have you all do this. So thank you. Thank oh, my you. pleasure. Thanks my for pleasure. having us. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, um, if you again have uh, enjoyed together, tell somebody, share this with someone. It is the brand new year. And um, in 2022, maybe you're making a decision to better your marriage or help someone else better theirs. And so we hope you will be back with us for season three. And we're excited to have you. All right. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform is and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.